Welcome to episode 275 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was uploaded on Monday, 17th of May, 2021. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. I'm Carlton Reed, and today's guest may sound very familiar to you. That is, if you've watched any downhill mountain bike videos in the last few years. Claudio Caluri's course preview videos for Red Bull and others tend to go viral, and not just because they showcase his great bike handling skills, but because he keeps talking into his GoPro helmet cam, even on the craziest of descents. Claudio is also an asphalt artist, known to many as Mr. Pump Track. Since 2004, his Velo Solutions business has built more than 300 pump tracks around the world. On today's show, Claudio talks about how he got into mountain biking and how his Pump for Peace project fosters community cohesion. He was talking to me from Israel, where he's constructing the first two of four pump tracks for the Bartley Youth in Movement project. The pump tracks are located in diverse communities where Jewish, Druze and Arab kids bond through bicycling. With air raid sirens blaring, Claudio is carrying on. Lots of people will, I, I certainly know you, your, your voice, your infectious laugh, um, from mountain bike commentary. And my, my background was originally in, in mountain biking. Um, so... Tell me about how you got into mountain biking to begin with, because I heard you were a hockey player originally. Yeah, in fact, I was a hockey player in Switzerland as a kid, and uh, my parents bought me a mountain bike so I could actually go to hockey training every day by myself so they wouldn't have to drive me every day. And, uh, well, that was really cool, but it was so cool that uh, it became more interesting than the hockey playing itself. So I soon after switched to mountain bike racing, which at first for me was cross-country racing. And only a couple of years later, I got into downhill racing. So that's a good background to have, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if you can do both disciplines really well. Yeah, yeah, it helped in many ways. And then, I mean, you're like a, a, a multiple Swiss champion, and so you're, you're pretty good at this, weren't you? you? Was that the Swiss champion in XC or in downhill? That was in downhill and dual slalom. What, what, what kind of uh, time period are we talking here, Claudia? When, when were you at the top of your game? Well, that was somewhere between 99 and 2005 or so. And then I, I uh, quit racing at 2008 when I started my own racing team. And what happened there? Um, well, I, I ran the Scott Villa Solutions World Cup team for 10 years, up until uh, two years ago. And then you would, at, at the same time, or before this, in fact, you'd already started the pump track building 
business. Was that 2004? 2004 is when we uh, founded Vela Solutions. But back then, uh, pump tracks were not really a topic around the world yet. So we were just basically a normal trail building company that did bike parks like any other trail building company. So the, the whole pump track thing only came up in 2009. How long does it take? For you to build a pump track, does this did it obviously depend on on location, uh, the size, all these kind of things, or, or is there an average where you can say, well, an average one is, is takes this amount of time? Yeah, obviously it does. It does depend on the size, um, but we usually, as as an average of a thousand square meters, it would take us around three weeks. Now, if we do projects like here in in Israel. We try to to accelerate it and, uh, you know, like just get the maximum efficiency out of it. Also to to make it more affordable. Um, but we couldn't hold that pace throughout the year because I would burn all of my people if we went at that pace uh, all year long. So when you say your people, how many people does it take in those three weeks to, to build a pump track? Well, during the, the raw shaping of the track, we, we're usually five. And then uh, during the asphalt phase, we're between 10 and 12, depending on how big the track is. Um, and obviously, everything is very different in the current, current situation here in Israel. Uh, yes, we'll, we'll get on to that in a moment. Now, you mentioned asphalt there, because asphalt is your, your signature material isn't it whereas most people i'm in my experience of pump tracks has been their dirt so why why did you go for asphalt what what what's what does it have over over so what why do you prefer asphalt basically yeah so up until 2009 all the pump tracks around the world were built in dirt and i also appreciate that appreciated that very much i loved it and uh, i was riding pump tracks and was one of my favorite things um, but this is not really something you could do for cities um, because if they buy a pump track from you, they might as well just hire two people to keep it in shape because it's obviously constantly falling apart. Um, mm -hmm. So a friend of mine came up with the idea of mixing cement in it into the dirt. And I then said, well, if we do that, we might as well do it right and build it in concrete, which was the first step towards the asphalt and which was already a pretty good success um, from 2009 to 2012 and then in 2012 uh, a city nearby from where I live asked me hey um, we want the pump track from you but we have a suggestion um, we give you a road construction company to help you but we want you to try out asphalt. And so I went to the headquarters of that road construction company and I've built a berm for them in their backyard and they tried to lay asphalt on it and it worked. And uh, so we then built the first asphalt pump track in 2012 and uh, it was such a big success that uh, that basically started the whole hype for pump tracks around the world. And by now, we're building pump tracks in every country. <laughs> now, um, 
Velo Solutions is, is, is the name of your company, but then you've got Pump Tracks for Peace. And the first one for that was in Lesotho? Yeah, so Pump for Peace was uh, basically an idea that we had after seeing what our pump tracks do, what an effect they have around the world, no matter where you are, whether that's in a rich country uh, or in a poor country, they always have the very same effect where people of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all beliefs, whatever, poor and rich, whatever skin color, they get, go, they get together on those pump tracks and they have fun on it. And we thought, you know what, we, we really need to make this possible in places where they could not afford it um, or where no one would go because it's too, too sketchy, because it's some um, war zone or whatever. And that's where the kids need it even more. So that, that's the idea behind Pump for Peace. And that is also the reason why we're now in Israel. Now, again, <laughs> we will we will get there in the end. Don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pump you. You could say for for Israel right at the end. Um, but go back to Lesotho because that's where we're, the, the first one. So that was a that was 157 meters long. That one is that about the average? What's what's the shortest and what's the longest pump track that you've done? Well, the shortest is probably around 20 meters. Um, in someone's backyard, <laughs> the longest one is mm. around 420 meters in uh, China because the, this guy specifically wanted the longest pump track in the world. Um, and that's probably <laughs> until we talk to the next Chinese client because this one will also want to have the longest in the world. <laughs> uh, that's going to be quite tiring then. That's going to be like going out for a mountain bike ride on a pump track that long. Yes, actually... That's why we don't recommend really to build that long pump tracks because it is really tiring and it's going to be super hard to make it around the full lap. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, so Lizuto was actually our first pump for peace project um, that was connected to a video project that they really wanted me to be part of. And I said, I really have no time. I need to be... I need to build pump tracks in India and in Chile, and I, I'm really booked. I cannot come for a video project in Lesotho unless you can combine it for us with our first ever Pump for Peace project. And um, there was actually a guy waiting just for that. So um, while we while I went down there for this video project, I we built that first uh, Pump for Peace pump track and. Uh, yeah, that's how we got it all going. And by now, um, we even had qualifiers for the Red Bull Pump Track World Championships on that track in Lesotho. Mm. And we actually have kids from Lesotho taking play, taking part of the World Championships uh, finals. Yeah, I've, 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 I've watched that video. It's fascinating and wonderful. And it's, I guess the thing that, that comes across are the kids smiling. So is that what you was that what keeps you fired up? The fact that wherever you build these pump tracks, wherever in the world you, you do these, whether a huge one in China or a small one in somebody's backyard, it's just the, the kids smile. They just love these things. Yes, yes. And you can imagine if you go to a country like Lesotho, that effect when you see 
hundreds of kids just storming the pump track once you laid down the last ton of asphalt. Um, I have to tell you a little story about how this whole idea with Pump for Peace came up. It was actually when we were building a track in, in Thailand uh, at the Cambodian border, uh, right in front of a little village, almost a little slum, you could say. And it was for a very rich client. And I kind of felt bad to build a thing in front of this slum not knowing if these kids living in this slum will even be able to use it, if they even have bikes. And so it was kind of mixed feelings there, you know. We were kind of happy to have this job in Thailand, but at the same time, we were not sure if this was just something super exclusive to the rich or if the kids that live next door, if they would have access to it. Um, but the answer was given right in the moment where we poured out the last wheelbarrow of asphalt because all of these kids from that slum ran to the pump track with whatever they had. Um, you know, like mm. w if it was an old broken skateboard or a rusty bike or even just a wheel to run around on the track with it, and they would not leave. They were just riding and riding and riding and riding and i had tears in my eyes and i knew we have to make this possible all around the world Let, let's let's define pump track because you mentioned a skate park there so what's the difference between a, a concrete skate park and an asphalt pump track what well, is it the flow the fact that you, you yeah tell me what, what's the difference um a pump track usually not always, but usually is um, a track and not a park, which means people are going in the same direction. Obviously, you can also ride it in the other direction, but it's, it's a loop. Uh, it's a track that loops, uh, and you can, you can go around it as many times as you want, and you don't actually have to pedal your bike on it, and that's why it's called a pump track, because you use the shapes of the pump track to accelerate so meaning all of the rollers and all of the steep turns if you pump your bike correctly uh, you will accelerate with every roller and the better you get the faster you get and you'll be able to to jump some of those rollers or even several of them and combine the track in in several ways because we we design it in a way where you can jump out of a corner and land on another straight. So um, in that way, it's similar to a skate park because it allows you to, um, to be creative with your line choice. But when there's many people using it at the same time, then people just stick to the same direction. And so um, it's not like in a skate park where you have to wait for one guy to finish his ride and then you can drop in uh, on a pump track there's actually many kids who can ride at the same time mm. and when you get a bare plot of land you get this blank canvas does something about that blank canvas say well i think we should have 
you know, a certain number of berms, a certain number of platforms here. Are they kind of like standardized or is every single one going to be be different? What, what are the design parameters that you're you're considering when you're when you're putting in a pump track? Um, well, we are around at 270 tracks around the world so far, and I have not designed two of the same ones yet. So literally every single pump track is designed from scratch. Um, and obviously we wanted, well, the biggest parameter of all Velosolutions pump tracks is that it must be suitable for both beginners and pros. So we want a beginner to have fun on it, and we want a pro athlete to have fun on it, meaning that all rollers must actually be rollable, and so there's no gap jumps where a beginner would would hurt himself if he doesn't make it over the gap. Um, yet the pro athlete must find enough challenges for him, for the track to be interesting for him. And so over the last, uh, what is it, since 2009, so that's 12 years, um, we have constantly developed the designs further, the, the turns have gone steeper and higher, the distances have gone bigger, the height of the rollers and the combinations. Um, so we're constantly pushing, pushing it a little further. You've mentioned where you are. You're in you're in Israel at the moment. You, are you in northern Israel? Where about in Israel are you? Well, right now I'm sitting in northern uh, Israel, but uh, the two tracks that we're building are around Tel Aviv, so right where where it happens. <laughs> yes. So Israel uh, is in the news at the at the moment. So how can a I mean I guess everybody's going to ask this. How can a pump track have any chance of breaking down the many, many uh, long and intractable problems that that, well, not just Israel, but that part of the world has. So what can a pump track do that, say, <laughs> diplomatic missions and all sorts of different things that have been driving the that what can a pump track bring to the table? Our pump tracks are used by any, by everyone, no matter age, no matter where he comes from or she comes from, no matter the skill level, no matter how poor or rich you are. And the people just mix on these pump tracks and have fun together. And my belief is that even here in the Middle East, these kids will learn. I mean, in reality, they already do live together. It's not like... Uh, it's not like they're completely separated, despite what's going on with all the missiles and everything. Um, but we are working together here with the Bartoli uh, Youth in Movement Foundation, which wants to educate the kids through sports. It wants to show the kids that there's something else than, than just the army. Um, they can do different things in life than a career in, in the military and yeah this is this is why we're here this is what we believe in and this is also why I'm not running home if uh, even if it gets a little loud here so you're building these uh, in uh, they're called youth villages yes 
So uh, th- 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 these are multi-faith, um, multi basic people from many, many communities, kids from many, many communities are, are in these, these villages. So you've got the Jewish kids, obviously, you've got Druze kids, you've got uh, Christian Arabs, you've got Muslim Arabs and, 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 and some of them. So these are kind of like Petri dishes. These are communities of, 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 of multi-faith, multi-community um, um, things. So is that going to help with the pump tracks? It's just that there's, there's lots of different people from all sorts of different backgrounds basically mixing with bicycles or with whatever they, they, they're using for to get around the pump track. Yeah, and, and that's also why we call it a pump for peace project because if it was any exclusive to just one one community then uh, we would not call it a pump for peace track then it then it would just be a normal client but since um we had it confirmed that this will be accessible to anyone um we put it under the organization of of pump tracks and uh uh, sorry of pump for peace and uh, the Bartoli Foundation will also provide bikes to the kids and they will have an educational program on it and even come up with a, with a race series on those five or six tracks that it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claire, if, if I wanted to have a pump track in my back garden, um, I had the suitable space, how, how much would I be looking at uh, uh, to get you to do one not another pump for peace one but just a, a standard pump track well how about how big's your backyard <laughs> <laughs> uh let's just say it, it's a say uh, um, i've got a tennis court i've got a tennis court that's not being used i haven't by the way but if i've got a tennis court in my backyard and, and i just think well let's let's make that into a pump track instead how much would a, a tennis um, court sized pump track cost is a, a tennis court is right around 20 300 square meters would that be or would it be more you really would <laughs> i'm not the right person to ask because i don't have a, a, a tennis court in my backyard i'm just i'm just trying to get it like a, a ballpark figure here literally a, a, a um and that would be obviously that depends on the country you're in you're in the uk if i'm right Mm. So I think the UK pricing is, but I might be wrong. I would would have to call my UK partner. Um, that would be around 150 pounds per square meter. So um, now I'm, I already had a glass of wine. My, maybe my calculating is <laughs> it's not that good anymore. So 100 square meters times 150 would be 15,000. So we're talking about 45,000. But I might be completely off. No, that, okay. so for, okay. for 300 square meters, that, that sounds right, yeah. And why the difference in in country prices? Just the price of asphalt, the price of labor. What's what? What are the what are the things that you're considering here? Yeah, obviously uh, machinery, uh, asphalt, and crushed stone, and whatever other materials you need. Local labor. Um, yeah, that those are very different factors in every country. Um, 
and you know like switzerland super expensive uk is also super expensive and america is also expensive but then you go to countries in like lesotho or india where you can build things a lot cheaper so that that might sound expensive but when you compare to just say a playground, I mean playgrounds cost an enormous amount of, of money. When a when a, a local authority, when a council puts one in, they 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 cost a lot of money. But these things are uh, very cost effective because they're being used twenty four seven almost. You know, there's always going to be somebody on them, isn't there? Yeah, I I mostly uh, compare them with uh, soccer fields because uh, soccer fields are a lot more expensive than our pump tracks, and they're in my opinion, hardly ever used. <laughs> but now, now I'm going to have a lot of haters. But uh, um, you know, like when a soccer field stands there, the, it's mostly empty until the club, the local club, starts its training in the evening, and then there's a bunch of people on it. But a pump track, literally, as you say, they're always packed with the kids unless they're in school but then uh, that's the time where the where the athletes can get on it because the athletes cannot really use the pump truck when when a million kids are on them uh, what are your next plans after you've after you've uh, left uh, israel what what are you what do you what's got what we've got coming up well probably have to go commenting on some uh, on some of the downhill world cups um but um we'll see we might have another one in Kathmandu, another Pump for Peace track coming up. Then we have one in Armenia coming up. And yeah, I'll, I'll stay flexible. There's Actually, this summer is going to be quite packed with a lot of uh, video stories as well. And with those video stories, I'm trying to raise money for Pump for Peace so we can go build more, more of these tracks. Wonderful. Uh Tell us where people can find out more information on uh, Pump for Peace and for Velo Solutions and, and maybe you on social media. Well, on social media, my it's just my name, Claudio Calori, both on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm not very, very active on Facebook and more active on Instagram or YouTube as well. Same thing um, for for Vela Solutions, it's velasolutions.com, and for Pump for Peace, it's pumpforpeace.com. Thanks to Claudia Kaluri there, and thanks to you for listening to the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. Show notes and more can be found on the-spokesman.com. That's it for this month, but there will be more episodes in June. But meanwhile, get out there and ride. <laughs>